go ahead and uh, grab a seat and we will get started this morning. Uh, again, my name is Matt. For those of you who I haven't met, uh, it's great to be with you this morning. And as I mentioned a moment ago, next Sunday is going to be the start of our vision series, uh, which will be a little longer this year. Instead of four or five weeks, it'll actually be uh, two months or maybe two and a half and take up a lot of the fall. I'm very excited about what lies ahead in that series, but this morning we are finishing our series in the book of Colossians, uh, which we've been doing since Easter. So we'll finish up the book this morning. Uh, we've been going verse by verse, covering every verse in the book, and these, uh, you can go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to the final verses, Colossians 4 verse 7. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the back uh, that you can keep and take home. If you want to, uh, in the meantime, we'll turn to Colossians 4, verse 7, and uh, look at these closing verses uh, briefly this morning. And these closing verses are, as Paul will often do in his letters, is he kind of gets personal and starts talking about individuals in the community or in, in nearby communities. And they're very easy, I think, to kind of skip over or write off, often if you're uh, reading long um long sections of scripture at a time. You might be reading one of Paul's letters and kind of, you kind of skip the intro a little bit. You're like, oh, okay, blah, 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 from Paul, whatever. And then you get into like the real, the meat of it, right? The theology and here's who Jesus is and here's who we are and here's what's going to happen in the age to come. And then you get to the end. And again, we kind of tune out and just think, oh, okay, well, that's just, that has nothing to do with us. There's actually very little value for us in a bunch of uh, names and, and people and things that were happening that were specific to that community. Uh, but as we close, I want to actually highlight the beauty of these verses. We're going to read, picking up in verse 7, uh, Paul writes this as he closes his letter to the church in Colossae. Uh, and I'll probably butcher most of the names, but this is what he says. Uh, he says, uh, Tychicus will tell you the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and he, that he may encourage your hearts. Uh, he is coming with uh, Onesimus, uh, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Uh, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, uh, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Uh, you have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Uh, Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. Uh, these are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, uh, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Uh, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, uh, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Uh, tell Archippus, uh, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you for uh, these ancient letters that we've inherited uh, that are so uh, relevant, that are so um, necessary in, in the world that we live in that is uh, in some ways starved of the things of God. Uh, we need these words. We need a, a glimpse, a, a powerful picture uh, of what you've done and, and who we are to be in the world, Lord. This life is so short. Would you uh, wake us up as to who we are to be uh, as, as the church that you died uh, to, to create, that you died to give birth to. May we see kind of uh, what, what we are to step into uh, as a people, as a church, as a family of churches around the world. Um, would you open our eyes to that now? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the letters that uh, Paul has written that make up the majority of the New Testament aren't just written to convey theology. Uh, and in the Western world, it would be very easy to assume that, but they're also meant to demonstrate uh, what the church is supposed to be like. Uh, we aren't just coming together to sort of uh, receive truth or theological information. It's actually more than that. Instead, Paul says, we're, we're a living, breathing body that has many members, and every member is to be coming alive uh, to their gifting and participating and sharing out of what they have in the Spirit. Uh, and so there's this image, really, of all of these uh, people who are connected to one another, giving of themselves to one another. And, and then there's a, a leadership structure and sort of apostolic authority uh, over the churches helping to guide them. Uh, but really, it's this everyone is playing their part uh, within the church. And so as we read these uh, concluding verses and remarks, I think they're meant to remind us first and foremost uh, that we are to be in community. And it's so simple, but as followers of Jesus, uh, we are to be in a place, in a context where we're known by others and we know others. You see the way that Paul, even though he travels all over the ancient world, he know he's in their lives. Hey, remember that prophetic word that guy had? Tell him to pursue that. Hey, give my love to these guys. Hey, thank them for the last time I stayed in their home. Uh, it, there's this uh, vibrant connection and relationships between them. Uh, but not only are we, who are sitting in the room today, uh, to be connected with one another as the local body. Paul has a lot to say about that. But we even see in these verses the way in which we are to be connected with the, with the larger body of Christ outside of our local context in our city, uh, through the global family under this apostolic leadership. That's the image that we get in Scripture. Uh, and beautifully, that's what we get to enjoy uh, as a church. And as I read these concluding verses, uh, I couldn't help but think about regions beyond, which I would define, this is the, the, what we're a part of, and I would define it as a, a global apostolic family of churches that we are a part of, uh, all together and, and all over the world, uh, roughly 200 churches in 40 countries uh, all over the world, and we're connected through a sort of a, an apostolic authority and leadership in the form of Steve Oliver and others who help lead and guide the churches. So when you think about, hey, who was Paul? What did he do? Like, what role did he play within the churches, well, he encourages the churches. Uh, he guides the churches. He helps them uh, to stay rooted and grounded in the grace of God. Uh, he keeps them focused and mobilized on the mission of God. Uh, he, he stirs their faith. 
uh, their faith to go out and share the gospel, their faith to go out and plant new churches, and, and all of it. Uh, and so these sort of apostolic, Paul-like uh, figures uh, come uh, to help and encourage and guide, and through them, through the, the Pauls and Steve Olivers of the world, we're actually connected not just to um, leaders who want to come and encourage and love and serve, but we're then connected through them uh, intimately to a very diverse family of churches all over the world. Uh, in South Africa, the Philippines, the Middle East, China, India, Holland, uh, the UK, Montana. Uh, and you see in the verses that Paul writes here, uh, oh, this is a little snapshot of where uh, many of the regions beyond churches are around the world. Uh, but you see uh, through, through uh, this, this sort of network that's formed under Paul's apostolic leadership that they then have, the Colossians have brothers and sisters all over the world that they're then connected with through Paul. Uh, and it's the same with us. We're then connected through the apostolic leaders that come to love and serve and encourage us uh, through to this incredibly uh, diverse family of churches all over the world. And one of my favorite uh, sort of taglines or mottos that the Regions Beyond family holds is that we're there for one another's success. Like that, that's what we're about. That's why we're connected with one another. And it's true. Uh, even this last Sunday, uh, I was with my family out on the Olympic Peninsula at Gateway Church in Squim, which is one of, actually, if you throw up the next map, there are six regions beyond churches in the United States, uh, a couple in Missoula, in the Bitterroot, in Helena, uh, two here in Spokane were one of them, and then one out on the peninsula. And so I was with my family at Gateway Church out on the peninsula last Sunday, and Fusi McQuena was teaching here via video, uh, though he lives in Dubai. He's, he's a, one of those leaders who helps love and guide and serve the regions beyond churches. And, uh, and later, this, later today, I'm actually going to be filming a thank you video uh, for Stacy, who's sort of the lowest dot in Montana there at the Bitterroot Church. They... Uh, they take this seriously. They heard about what we were doing with the building renovation, and they said, we're there for one another's success. So they gave financially to renovate uh, the building that we're sitting in today, and they came with contractors and did a ton of work here in the building uh, because they want us to succeed just as we want them to succeed. Uh, and uh, in a few minutes, it's my privilege to invite up Cameron Oliver, and he was part of Regions Beyond, uh, clear over in South Africa, and him and his family felt called to leave South Africa and their home and their context in which they grew up and to serve the, one of the churches in Missoula. And so they're there serving in Missoula, and it's our joy to be able to, to have them this weekend. Uh, but they've, they've come over to encourage us this morning. Uh, and I want us to see, before I invite Kim up, I wanted to highlight these verses and really even see uh, their presence here this morning as a fulfillment or a living out of that community that Paul is describing, where, where all these different churches are, are connected through a common sort of a leadership and apostolic authority, and we're all uh, sort of leaning in there for one another's success. So this is uh, who we are. This is what we do as regions beyond, as a global family in apostolic partnership who are there for one another's success. 
Uh, in the verses we read this morning, Paul says, uh, of, of one of the guys whose name I can barely pronounce, he says, uh, I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And that's what we're doing. That's one of the things we do as the Regions Beyond family all over the world. I was out in the Olympic Peninsula last Sunday. Cam is here with us this Sunday for, from Missoula for the express purpose of encouraging our hearts uh, and stirring our faith. And so it's an amazing privilege for us uh, to live out what we see as this New Testament model uh, for how the church is to operate in the world, uh, this thing that Paul is describing. And that's what we do. We, we send people out. We're going to raise people up from this place and send them out to other regions beyond churches, to, to cities and even countries where there's no regions beyond churches. Like, this is what we do. We raise people up, we send them out, and we welcome people in as we encourage one another across uh, those different lines and boundaries and, and continents. And so it's in that context uh, that I want us to give a warm welcome for Cameron Oliver, who's going to be encouraging us this morning. Cam, why don't you come up here? Well, good morning, everyone. Let me just start by prayer, and then we'll just jump straight into it. Um, Father God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we just invite you by your spirit that you would come and um, really move in power um, this morning. In your wonderful name, amen. All righty. Well, um, it's really, it is really nice to be here. And thanks, Matt, for that intro. But I feel like the privilege is all, all mine, and um, I really appreciate this and don't take it lightly and it's wonderful to be with you again. Um, we're going to actually be in Numbers 11 today so you can turn there and um, I'm sorry I missed the brief. I wasn't organized so that's why you're getting two sermons this morning um, but I feel like God even works through our mistakes so um, I feel like he's going to move and I'll try and be brief, brief this morning. Um, yeah so as Matt just said we're from Missoula. We've been living there since um, uh, 2017. We had 10 months where we were stuck outside the country, and we've now been back, I don't know, well, I guess October will be, um, yeah, it'll be two years we've, we've been back. Um, so it's really, really exciting. I'm, I work primarily with youth um, in Missoula and support Josh and the team there, and I work closely with Stacy as well there in the Bitterroot. Um, so yeah, it's all just exciting. Um, so this morning, I, um, while praying about what I felt I wanted to share this morning, um, and hopefully I'll be able to do just what, what that verse was talking about, really encourage you guys and be a comfort to you, um, is the prophetic. I wanted to speak to you this morning about the prophetic. And when, I met, when I'm talking about the prophetic, I'm really talking about a word of God, all right, speaking to the future for your building up for the churches building up, for individuals building up that amount to the church. So that's really kind of as a definition what I um, want to share this morning. And um, as Regions Beyond actually flipped, we have a vision book, like, um, like five or 11 points, and one of them is shaped by the prophetic. Um, we're a movement shaped by the prophetic. Um, and what does that mean? What does that actually mean? Um, well, it means we don't despise the prophetic, as scripture says. Okay, um, it means we make space for prophetic, um, and more than just something we read, it's something that we practice, live by, allow to shape us. And 
really, this is something so close to my heart because I wouldn't be here today. My wife and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't the prophetic. What God spoke into our lives, he birthed in the natural um, through the prophetic. So this is something that I'm so passionate about, and um, hopefully I can convey that this morning. Um, but let's just jump into the scripture, because like I said, I don't want to go too long this morning. Um, so here we go. So just to give a bit of background, the Israelites, all right, they've just, the, the Shekinah glory of God, the cloud is lifting, all right, above Sinai, all right, and they've been there just under a year, and now they're moving on. And God's actually leading them to Kadesh, which I looked up actually on Google Maps um, last week, Kadesh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Kadesh Barnea. It's actually, if you look, it's right on the border between Egypt and Israel, all right, so today. So that is where the spies went out, and that is where the Israelites decided, no, we're not going to step into the promised land. And they ended up being in the wilderness, of course, for 40 years. But it's so sad because they were, they were right there. They were literally right there. And they said no. They said no. Um, anyway, um, you read this portion of Scripture, and you can't help but feel sorry for Moses. So we're going to jump into it. You would think as the cloud is going forth, the ark is going, and then the tribes are leaving in their given um, order, that there would be much jubilation, right? There would be much excitement. Because think about it. This is what Abraham spoke about. This is what God spoke about to Abraham, right? And now it's happening, right? They're coming back to the promised land. This is going to be, this is their place that God has given them. But just starting in Numbers 11, 1 to 3, it says this. Great line. And the people complained in, in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned up among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Just imagine that for a moment. Just try and imagine that at the camp. You can imagine the fire of God actually consuming tents, people, what have you, on the outside of the camp. This is a big Deal. Then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So that the name of that place was called Taberah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. All right, so we see them complaining. Now, verse 4, I don't actually have that up. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to read one verse here. It said, now, and this is an interesting way of saying it, now the rabble, all right, that was among them had a strong craving. Anyone identify that with a rabble? Now the rabble among them complained again. They had a strong craving. What was it? Does anyone know? Meat. They wanted meat, all right? They wanted meat, a strong craving, okay? And um, they complained again, all right? And they dreamed about the place that they were in Egypt. Oh, that we could have the meat, the fish, everything that we had when we were there, right? We want to go... We want to go back. Um, and in verse 10, we're going to skip to verse 10. It says this, poor Moses. Moses heard the people whoop, uh, weeping through, throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent. Um, has anyone watched Fiddler on the Roof? Fiddler on the Roof here? I love that movie. But it's so like extravagant. But I just think, like, what does it look like for everyone to be weeping at the door of their tent? Like, what is that? It's just so... It's just such an interesting thing in my mind that together they could tell, oh, the people are upset, and they're weeping at the door of their tent um, about meat, 
and about their misfortunes. But it's just, it's just an interesting one. And the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, why? Why, Lord? Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all this people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my wretchedness. And praise God that we have a God who answers us. All right. What a prayer. I mean, I don't know if there's a comparable prayer in all the scripture as this one in terms of emotion, like just kill me now. All right. I'm just like done. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Um, I could go into lots of leadership illustrations today, but I won't do that. Kill me now, Lord. I can't deal with this. What a prayer. What a man. Okay, and then verse 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of the, Israel, the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and I will talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you, and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you may not bear it yourself alone. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow you shall eat meat. You have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it is better for us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat. You shall eat. You shall not eat just for one day or two days or five days or ten days or twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils. You want meat? I'm going to give you meat. All right? You ask for it. That's, that's the kind of, that's what I get. It's just, this is like a hilarious portion of scripture, actually. And you see almost the, the dynamic of how God is speaking with this lowly man and saying, all right, you guys want meat? I'm going to give you meat. But a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? But Moses said, The people among whom I am number is 600,000 on foot, and you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month? Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them? And be enough for them. And the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now, 
Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. And the spirit rested on them. They were among those registers, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And the young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Wow, so quite a, quite a story there. Um, Moses is probably my favorite character in the Bible, personally. I love, in, in um, Numbers 12, it actually says he was the meekest man on earth. And here he is leading, like, close, probably a million people in the desert. God's called him. Why, Lord, why, why me? But the meekest man in the world. Um, and I just love, I love that scripture. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Wow. Now, just a couple, I just want to go through a couple points from this um, from the scripture we've just read. Number one, the people complained. Sadly, they complained. They had lost vision of what was happening, the times that they, in what God had called them to. And I'd just like us to take a look at ourselves with the inheritance we have in Christ right now. And just say to ourselves, you, you've been blessed with the fullness of Christ. We think, how could they have missed this? How could they have do this? I think we do it so often without realizing it. We're in the same place. But God is so gracious, and he's so loving, and he calls us, and he meets us where we're at. Um, number two, I think one thing that this really emphasizes in my mind is that Moses did what he did, not because he was Moses, but because of the Spirit of God that was upon him. I'm going to take the same spirit that's on you. It's not of you, it's of me. I'm going to take the same spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on them. That speaks of empowering. That speaks of something that God is doing in this man, through this man, for this man. Enabled by the Holy Spirit. Um, and I see that cry. It's a cry out, Moses' heart. I wish that all of them would be filled by the Spirit. That's the, it's like a Joel 2 cry. Actually, I have it. Let me see if I can get there. Where on earth is Joel 2? <laughs> Thank you. That helps. <laughs> I do want to read the scripture. Sorry, it wasn't. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit. And here in this scripture we get a picture of how radical that is right now. Because here we see, hey, this is a big deal. Get 70 guys, bring them here. I'm going to take the spirits on you and I'm going to put it on them. 
And then two guys get left behind, and it's the end of the world when they're filled with the Spirit in the camp. Guys are like, this must be stopped. This must be stopped. But then we see Moses' reply. Would that all of them would be filled with the Spirit. Would that all of them would be filled with the Spirit. I love that heart. And fortunately for us, that is the day we, we live in. We are post-Joel 2. We are living in the fullness of that today. That we can have the same spirit that was on Moses, we can have it. And we can be open to it. Or not. But we can be open to it and allow it to impact us and be a light. Um, it is a privilege, a real privilege, to be in the spirit-filled church. To be in this age with the, the curtain torn. Um, I was, we were in our staff meeting last week, and um, interesting, we visited another church last week, but my friend Bruce um, Donnelly also visited a church, and he was going on about this church and how great it's at, like all the things, they've got all the things, you must see their building, they this and they that, and they da 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 da, but right at the end, but they don't have the spirit. They don't have the spirit. And you're sat, we were thinking, wow, this, this church sounds, they have it together, it's sounding great, like, but they don't have the Spirit. And I think then, I'd rather not. Because it's the Spirit that makes all the difference. That is what separates us from any other organization or people group in the world, is the fact that God's presence is with us. That's what was so special about the Israelites in the time that they lived, is that God's presence was with them. And not only with them, it's interesting, when you read the, the Old Testament, you'll see that God was with other kings. He spoke to other kings. I think it was Artaxerxes. He spoke to him, hey, build me a house. Right? Send everyone back. I might have the wrong king, but send, send you back. God was speaking to him. Right? But it's God's presence that defines us. I, um, I had a wonderful meeting with um, a man who I really respect called Jeff Kidwell this week. I don't know if anyone knows. Does anyone know Jeff? So he's actually the man who was my parents' pastor and brought them back to the Lord. Anyway, I messaged him because I remember him when I was a youth. Um, I saw Gabe here a moment ago. I think he must be upstairs, but he was at the summer camp. But I remember being in his meetings and his love for the Holy Spirit. And um, it's just something that I, wanna, I, really, I wanted to glean off him. So I said, hey, could we meet? Could we just Zoom chat? So we did that on Thursday. And it was just wonderful listening to his stories and the place of the Spirit in, in our lives and in our churches. And I think the one thing that came out from our discussion is if we are not intentional about it, for whatever reason, whether it's our, I don't know, it's our sin or it's this or that, our own self-sufficiency, if we're not intentional about it, we tend, all right, we tend to fade in it. And we become more just okay, let's operational, like we've got to get this right and we've got to get that right and we've got to, we, we focus on things that actually at the end of the day, they don't speak to eternity um, at the end of the day. So it's something, and I, the reason why I wanted to meet, because I see that in my own life. So when I wrote down a ton of questions for them, the one I asked him was, how do you obey Galatians 5, walk by the Spirit? What does that look like in your life? And he shared, he shared a few things. It's just so wonderful. But his job, get this, he's, employed by a group of churches called Joshua Generation, 
they have 40 churches in the Western Cape alone. That's like, I'd say you take like maybe, let's say, three or four counties in Washington or Montana, that'll give you an idea of, I mean, it'll probably be bigger than that. Um, but they have 40 congregations, many of them new. But his job solely is to go around the congregations and encourage them in the Holy Spirit. And the fact that, hey guys, don't forget, let's not quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, let's not quench the Spirit. Let's allow it. That is what defines us. That is what, that's what makes us different. Such a, um, a wonderful man. Um, Romans 8.5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And I quoted it already, but 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Do not quench the Spirit. Um, okay. So, summer camp this year, I so appreciate you guys um, sending us Matt because he has an impact every year. Your two words, Matt, were just like, I think, a, just an amazing point in the whole camp, and I think will shape things moving forward for sure. Um, and it was just such a beautiful time, and it was so wonderful to minister with Matt and the other leaders prophetically. But one of the most beautiful times, so the summer camp was on, let me just give it back. We were between Libby and Kalispell, and this is the fourth year we're doing it, and it's regions beyond summer camp, so it's for the youth in regions beyond. And um, this year, we, uh, we had a guest speaker called Tom Shaw, and he was wonderful from San Francisco, kind of back from New Frontiers, kind of connection there. Um, but one of the most beautiful moments um, of camp was the last morning when I was speaking, and I asked, who, who here has been given a prophetic word that you think will impact your life for the rest of your life? Okay. And there were about 115 or so people there about 40, 50, 60 young people raised their hand that had received a word. That is a big deal. That is life right there. That is future churches, future businesses, future families going for it for the kingdom of God. Because when God speaks and we act on those words, things happen. Not always in the way that we think it's going to happen, but things do happen. And it was, it was wonderful what Tom Shaw said to us. He said... Um, Afterwards, he didn't say this to me, but one of the other leaders, he said, you know, we're new frontiers and we're spirit-filled, but you guys are, you're just another level. Like, you're allowing the spirit to speak, you're allowing youths to prophesy, you're allowing this and that. You're, he's working and he's moving here, and he was encouraged by who we were. And that is, that is a huge encouragement to hear, because that, that is the people who we want to be. Um, I wanted to just share, in 2013, we actually, Lorene and I, my wife, um, we received a prophetic word um, from a lady called Janet Brand. She's also in our Regions Beyond Circles. And she said, I see you as a tree. You're a tree being uprooted. And you're going to be planted very soon. This is going to happen quickly. All right? You're going to be planted. And where you're planted, you're going to have fruit and and there were various other details and all, and all that. But that word, two, it would have been three, two, three years later, we were invited to move to the States. And immediately that word came to mind. We had been praying into it. We hadn't forgotten it, but praying into it. And these things started to, to line up. So it gave us faith 
for the moment. And I could speak into a few prophetic words that I have personally, I'm sure you have, that you could share with me where you've had a word and it, it breathes life into a situation. Maybe not straight away, but it will. But it will. Um, so in one, we're going to just get to, uh, I'm almost actually finished. But in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul says this, um, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. What an interesting verse. Now, my question is, why? Why prophecy? Why out of this, all the spiritual gifts, why prophecy? Why not healing or miracles, right? Let's just go outside, lift someone from a wheelchair, all right? That's going to do, like, for the long term. Um, I think it's because words, words are powerful. Words are powerful, and like nothing else on earth, they have a way of impacting our lives for the rest of our lives. Even as humans, think about it. Think about the positive and the negative impact words have had in your life. And how something someone might have said to you 30 years ago, unfortunately, could still be holding you back today. Chains in your life because someone who you respected said something that was actually out of turn and Satan used to curse you. And now you're in bondage because of that. All right. But then think of the opposite. Someone saying, hey, Cam, I really see leadership in you. Me? I didn't see that in myself. And suddenly something is birthed because of words. But it goes way more, way further than that. Jesus, Father God, he spoke the world into being. Words. When he wanted to tell us what was on his mind, in a, in a sense, what did he do? He sent us the Lord Jesus, the Word of God. He came and he was here. When you look at Jesus, you see what's on God's mind. How do you convey what's on your mind? You tell, you speak a word to tell someone, all right? You speak it so that people can hear, oh, this is what Cameron does, or this is what he's excited about, this is what he's interested. God sent us the word of God, the Lord Jesus. Hey, this is what I'm like. This is what's on my mind for you, for creation, for redeeming the human race. The word of God. At its essence, prophecy is the word of God spoken to us. And that's why Paul says, hey, out of all the spiritual gifts, desire prophecy the most because it builds the church. And it has impact. Um, being a dad, I'm more aware than ever of the power of words. All right. How so easily I could say something that would do the opposite of bringing life in my kids' lives. All right. Or I can speak something that will bring life. So let's just read this, the rest of this verse and then a couple points and then we're going to finish. Pers um, pursue love. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in the tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in the tongue builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more 
to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So we see there the word of God coming that the church may be built up. Um, so how do I grow in the, the prophetic? Um, number one, eagerly desire it. Ask God. Ask God. Maybe, maybe even this morning you're a visitor, and I'm sorry, I'm a bit like, and this is new to you. I, I know working in the States for some years, that this, is, this can be an issue that people disagree on. But one thing we can do is ask God. We can ask the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Lord, give me wisdom. Ask questions. Let's talk through these things. But one thing is, hey, let's desire it. That's what Paul says, eagerly desire this, um, the prophetic. Um, number two, and these aren't any specific order. It's, I was with Mark DuPont who deeply impacted my life through a prophetic word he gave me, but also his ministry. And he's also in regions beyond to a degree. He works, he does, he's connected with us. Anyway, I had the joy of driving him to the airport in South Africa for three hours. So, of course, I was just like talking his head off, asking questions. And I said, like, how do you grow in the prophetic? And he said, hey, you, and this is very practical advice. He says, one thing I do is just sit in the presence of, Lord, of the Lord, and I'll meditate on Scripture. But I just sit and I be with the Lord. And I focus and I meditate on Jesus. And there it is, right there, a relationship with Jesus. Not so much even agenda, Lord, I need to get this from you, but being in his presence, putting him before us, taking time to just be in his presence. Um, number three, realizing that it's in proportion to your faith, 12.6, Romans 12.6. Um, it's in proportion to your faith. That it's a gift from God, but it's in proportion to your faith. Um, Number four, um, also realizing that we do it in the context of the church, in the context of leaders who love us and serve us, but also guide us, that everything has to be weighed. I could go into that, but that's another sermon. But it has to be weighed, and we have to approach it with humility. Not a thus says the Lord mentality, but a very much like, all right, I'm feeling like the Lord is speaking here. I'm going to speak, but we're going to weigh this thing. Um, and then lastly, love. There is actually something greater than prophecy, greater than giving up everything for the gospel. It's love. Paul says that. Love. We do everything in love. Um, Nigel Ring said this, prophecy is not to be taken lightly and can easily be forgotten. Um, so if you receive, maybe even this morning, if you receive a prophetic word, make sure you write it down. Um, but... Let's, let's not take it lightly. And then lastly, John Wimber said this, faith in the spirit realm is spelt R-I-S-K. Faith in the spirit realm is spelled R-I-S-K. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a bit of a risk, but it's okay. Like, I really, if we could just stand, please. I want to read this. A friend just, this is from Azusa Street, but it's just a... Uh, uh, a poem, and it says this, while the fire of God is falling, while the voice of God is calling, brothers get the flame. While the torch of God is burning, 
men's weak efforts overturning Christians get the flame. Lord, we, we realize this morning that we are utterly dependent on you, Lord. And Lord, I want to thank you for Moses' heart that he saw it, Lord. He saw it all those years ago, Lord, that, that really for this thing to thrive, for this thing to work, it's not down to just one man with a gift, but it's down to a people group who are filled with your Spirit, who are empowered by you, Lord. And Father God, I pray just this morning that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to us, Lord. If you feel comfortable, just raise a hand. Raise your hands. Lord, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. I ask that you would come and fill us. You would come and move. You would come and shine your light in this place, Lord. I pray maybe, Lord, there's people who are in desperate need this morning of being built up, of being encouraged, of being consoled, Lord. Thank you that you've given us the gift of prophecy to do that, Lord. And Lord, I pray for those who maybe they're they're still figuring this thing, these things out, Lord. I pray you would give them much grace. Thank you for them, Lord. Encourage them, Lord. Um, and Father God, I just thank you that you, that as we meet you, Lord Jesus, all these other things, they fade away, Lord. And we're just amazed by your presence. So come, Holy Spirit, now. Come touch and fill our lives. Come and, come and just fill us. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. Um, so, I'd really love to um, just pray for some people this morning. Like, I would make, I, I had the idea to make you raise hands, but I won't. Um, but just if you've, if you've never had a prophetic word or that's something new to you, but you want to receive one this morning, um, and that's going to have to be God doing that, but if you would like that, I'd love you to come to the front. Um, that would be great. If you have a prophetic gift, if you feel that something has been spoken over your life and you would like to operate in that this morning and take a risk, I'd like you to come to the front. Um, if you just feel like you need a refreshment um, this morning, I'd love to, to pray for you as well. And I'm sure some of the leaders here as well. So. If there's anyone like that, that you want to come up now and you just want to receive prayer or word, please come now. Um, that'd be wonderful. And we'll just, we're going to, could you guys just play, could we sing a song while that happens and then we'll, thank you, Lord. Thank you.